Welcome to Faith and Science. I'm Dr. John Ashton. As I was going for my walk this morning, I just somehow my, my thoughts uh, went on to a radio program that I heard many, many years ago. And it was in relation to one of Australia's most popular prime ministers, Bob Hawke. Um, he was a, a, an Australian prime minister for quite a number of years. And on this program, they were interviewing um, his, his mother and his mother uh, had been a devout Christian. And she commented that when uh, Bob was born in, in hospital, when her little baby boy was born in hospital, she was reading her Bible and God gave her a, a text. This text came to mind that um, the government will rest on his shoulders. And um, as, a, as a praying mother and a devoted mother, she, she held on to that promise. And, of course, many years later, Bob Hawke was uh, elected Australian Prime Minister. The Perhaps one of the sad things is, of course, that um, I, the Prime Minister, Bob Hawke, probably uh, wasn't, a, uh, certainly wasn't, we would see, a, a openly a Christian person. Matter of fact, he's probably an agnostic. And it reminded me that, Today, um, there are many young people that have grown up in, in Christian homes where their parents prayed for them, but they went to university, had got involved in higher education and um, just threw away the, their childhood beliefs and knowledge of, of God. And perhaps they were convinced that, you know, the Bible was just, um, a series of myths that was yeah, just just their stories for children just had some some good stories and it alarms me that as um, you know I talk to parents uh, today that um, they the same thing that perhaps happened for you know Bob Hawke's mum who was a really strong Christian very devoted um, Christian and read a Bible and claimed the promises of God and obviously prayed for her son, um, that people still make these choices to to move away from God um, and live very secular lifestyles. And I think this is a shame because we now have such overwhelming evidence for the existence of God, that God is, is very real. The other thing is, too, that, that is commonly, um, you know, talked about perhaps in literature and some of the debates on, on television programs is this uh, sort of idea that comes across that science has now, you know, dis disproved God. Uh, again, a, a few years ago now, there was quite a bit of a debate um, in the Australian education system about uh, the possibility of teaching intelligent design. And, uh, one of the professors of uh, biology at the University of New South Wales went on to say, well, look, if we taught intelligent design, we'd have to teach spoon bending and alien abductions and astrology and flat earth theory and all these other crazy things. So in other words, they were linking all these crazy ideas with the uh, theory of evolution, which is the Bible. 
In other words, this, this paints this implication that, and that the Bible itself and the miracles and so forth in the account of creation in the Bible are, are of similar things. They're they're not they're not scientific. They're you know they're just you know in the same category as sort of fairy tales or science fiction. But this is very very far from the uh, the truth. But unfortunately, it's still being propagated. There's a in the United States, we have Bill Nye, a popular uh, television uh, presenter, um, again, who has, um, you know, written books challenging, you know, creation, evolution, and saying that it's undeniable that evolution has, has occurred, that this is how we have evolved here. But when I look at some of these arguments that are presented often by the people that want to oppose the teachings of the Bible. They are simply assertions. And this morning I was also thinking to, as I walked along, as I remembered uh, studying uh, applied mathematics and physics at university, that some of these great scientists and physicists in, in, um, uh, that we learned about then they were Christians. They were really, really strong Christians. I remember in Applied Maths 2, one of our textbooks was Electricity by uh, C.A. Coulson. Of course, C.A. Coulson was Professor of Mathematics at either Cambridge or Oxford. I can't remember which one. But one of those top universities there, a brilliant mathematician, C.A. Coulson, and a very, very strong Christian. And um, he wrote, he wrote uh, books uh, I think Science and Fundamental Christian Beliefs were, were one of his uh, books by C.O. Coulson, another brilliant mathematician. And it's interesting, his textbook was used as the um, third year physics curriculum, part of the third year curriculum, physics curriculum on uh, electricity to electromagnetism. And of course, that led, uh, led me then to read When I Became a Christian. Uh, was becoming a Christian, starting to go to church, started to read the Bible, and I was uh, challenged by some of the church members that, um, uh, well, you know, as a as a scientist, and at the time I was reading for a doctorate in science in the area of chemistry, actually, and the um, the people were saying, look, you know, you're a scientist, um, you know, what do you think about evolution? And I uh, was looking around for books written by other scientists uh, that, that supported creation. And one of the uh, books that um, I was given was, um, you know, I think it was 12 or uh, I can't remember exactly how many scientists, uh, why they believe in, in creation. And one of those scientists was Werner von Braun. Now, I guess many young people today wouldn't... Um, know about Werner von Braun. Uh, he was a German uh, physicist. Uh, he was born back in 1912, but he died in 1977. So he certainly was alive uh, during my, uh, my lifetime. And he was the scientist who, in Germany, led the team that developed the, the rockets um, and uh, he was very interested in space travel. Um, and he was uh, one of the scientists that uh, was working on the development of rockets for space travel in Germany. Now, of course, 
they uh, were commandeered to develop rockets for uh, military use, and von Braun was um, opposed to this. Uh, he was um, he was in charge of the program. Um, Professor von Braun, he had uh, 80 scientists and technicians working at their rocket testing sites at uh, Penamunde in the northwest of Germany. And um, they developed all the early technology that was related to rocket propulsion, aerodynamics and rocket guided systems were developed by the team that von Braun uh, led. But von Braun was not in favour of them using the rockets uh, to fire on, to, on civilian targets. Um, and, of course, what was happening was the technology that they were developing was being used to develop uh, not only anti-aircraft missiles but long-range ballistic missiles. And um, von Braun was not very happy with that. So the German secret police, of course, it was just led by Heinrich Himmler, they tried to take over the rocket program and um, they uh, began um, developing using the technology and knowledge that had been developed by uh, von Braun and his team. They began sending thousands of rockets uh, across into England um, in 1944. But von Braun refused to cooperate with Himmler and he was jailed uh, together with two of his uh, top uh, other scientists in 1944. And um, they were charged with not supporting the program because von Braun's real interest was space exploration. Um, however, he was personally released by uh, from jail by uh, Adolf Hitler, who realised that the development of the rockets would come to a standstill if he wasn't uh, head of the heading up the research. And um, just as the war was nearly ending, von Braun again moved his rocket team away from where they were up in um, the northwest of Germany to a different area so that they could surrender to the Americans rather than to the, the Russians. And so they surrendered to the Americans and were taken to the uh, United States. And he was a keen proponent of um, the um, um, of space exploration and really was behind the American space exploration program. Uh, he was given the go-ahead to developed the uh, Jupiter rocket uh, for um, space travel. And, of course, uh, von Braun launched the American Satellite Explorer 1 in uh, 1958 and um, later went on to um, was the develop the rockets that took the first American astronaut into space and um, also the first... Uh, manned uh, in late 1968 the Apollo 8 spacecraft. And um, it was von Braun who masterminded the idea of the moon landing missions, uh, a spacecraft in three sections, 
Once, only one section actually landed on the moon. The other section orbited the moon with life support systems, power and fuel to transport the astronauts back to Earth. So he was an absolutely brilliant uh, scientist. And um, he... He was often criticised for developing technology that, of course, has been used in war, like, you know, the ballistic missiles and this sort of thing. But he is quoted as saying, the drug which cures when taken in small doses may kill when taken in excess. The knife in the hands of a skilful surgeon may save a life, but it will kill when thrust just a few inches deeper. Thus, it does not make sense to ask a scientist whether his drug or knife is good or bad for mankind. And I guess this is a quandary that is faced by many scientists that they develop research, but of course, people can adapt that research for, for bad purposes. Von Braun, and as I said, I remember reading this book. Uh, he was a very strong creationist. Uh, and he wrote in this book, you know, his, his testimony and why he believed in creation. Um, he was a practicing Lutheran. He was very active in the Lutheran church in his Christian life. And um, he has quoted that the Bible was a revelation of God's nature and love. And he spoke about his dependence on God in prayer not only in times of crisis, just during his escape from Nazi Germany, but also in his work, such as praying for the safety of the manned flights. And one of the very interesting things is that Von Braun, and he, when you think all our space travel and this sort of thing essentially is based on the work that Werner Von Braun did, and he strongly opposed the philosophy of scientific rationalism. Now, scientific rationalism is the idea that man has his, it's just man's ability to know and stand, understand solely by means of scientific investigation and human reasoning. So this is scientific rationalism. Now, this essentially underpins all our scientific research today, and that's why they don't allow God to be taught in the classroom. But um, he stated that... Um, Scientific concepts exist in the mind of men, and behind these concepts lies the reality which is being revealed to us, but only by the grace of God. And so um, that's actually a, a quote from von Braun that was published in the McGraw-Hill Encyclopedia of World Biography. So I'll read that again. The scientific concepts exist only in the minds of men. Behind these concepts lies the reality which is being revealed to us, but only by the grace of God. It was interesting too, and uh, one of the things that uh, von Braun opposed was evolutionary thinking. And he, he wrote, there are those who argue that the universe evolved out of a random process, but what random process could produce the brain of man or the system of the human eye? And um, that was um, uh, in a, a letter read to the California State Board of Education in September 1972. So Von Braun was a witness there. And as people were trying to 
stand up and have creation continued to be taught in schools. Werner von Braun was a witness for creation there, and that's what he wrote. There are those who argue that the universe evolved out of random processes, but what random process could produce the brain of man or the system of the human eye? Um, he believed that scientific advances increasingly provided evidence of intelligent design. Um, another time uh, he wrote, I find it difficult to understand a scientist who does not acknowledge the presence of a superior rationality behind the existence of the universe. And so remember, this is a guy that led to much of the ability of how to explore the universe physically. Uh, with our rockets and spacecraft that have been able to take our telescopes and so forth, such as the Hubble telescope, deep out into space. Um, von Braun was a very strong critic of the modern tendency to teach science from an evolutionary standpoint without examining the creationist alternative as well. Uh, he believed that such an approach was totally unscientific. Once he wrote this, to be forced to believe only one conclusion that, and that is that everything in the universe happened by chance, would violate the very objectivity of science itself. So, and this is a very important point, that if you close down and censor the teacher of creation, in actual fact, you are, we are violating the very objectivity of science itself. And we need to realise that this is one of the characteristics of our science education today and our scientific research publication. We have closed down any scientists who are publishing or teaching the uh, evidence and the overwhelming evidence that we have now that we have a creator God that created this universe, a self-existent creator God, that the universe and living systems cannot evolve by chance. They cannot form by chance mechanisms. He also believed that um, the reason for the amazing string of successes that they had, um, the Americans with the Apollo flights to the moon, was that we tried to never overlook anything. And um, this is uh, also a, a quote from... Uh, Von Braun's letter uh, that was read. He said, we tried to never overlook anything. It is in the same sense of scientific honesty that I endorse the presentations of alternative theories for the origin of the universe, life and man in the science classroom. It would be an error to overlook the possibility that the universe was planned rather than happened by chance. So... Um, Another time he said, man's spaceflight is an amazing achievement, but it is open for mankind thus far, only a tiny door for viewing the awesome reaches of space. An outlook through this peephole at the vast mysteries of the universe should only confirm our belief in the certainty of its creator. So I think there we have, that's another quote again from... Uh, from Von Braun um, that uh, wrote that. I think as we um, 
consider the scientists like uh, Von Braun. It's, um, you know, I think educationists today should really take note and realise it's a massive mistake to um, eliminate the teaching of creation from our education system today. But like I said, how many students today learn about Werner von Braun? And how many students today would learn that he was such a strong creationist? You know, when I was um, doing uh, physics um, and uh, in 19... Uh, 66, I think it would have been. I was doing physics uh, two, second year physics at uh, university with uh, and applied mathematics. And that particular year was the last year that valve theory was taught in physics uh, because they're all changing over to uh, solid state semiconductor theory. And again, I guess now because valve theory probably isn't taught, uh, we only perhaps very briefly. Uh, uh, a very lecture from a historical, and what I'm talking about here in terms of valve, I'm not talking about water valves or pressure valves. I'm sorry, I'm talking about electrical valves, such as were used in radios and in rectifiers and um, mostly electronic equipment up until the 1970s was valve based, and prior to that, of course, semiconductors were around, developed in the late 50s, but. The uh, valve theory, uh, valves, of course, were used in radios, televisions, all these sort of things up till that time. And, of course, the person who was one of the pioneers of the thermionic valve and the pioneered uh, electronics was um, Sir Ambrose Fleming. And um, one of the things that um, uh, he was, he was a... a, a a brilliant uh, physicist. He was born in 1849 in uh, Lancaster, in England. And um, he, uh, of course, studied at um, uh, the University of London. And um, he went on to become Professor of Mathematics and Physics at the University College of Nottingham. And then later, he joined the Edison Electric Light Company and um, became advisor to the Edison Telephone Company. And one of the things was um, he studied at Cambridge, of course, under James Clark Maxwell, another brilliant scientist who was a creationist. I must talk about again sometime in more detail. Um, and uh, Fleming became the first professor of electrical engineering at the University College London, and that was in 1885. And he held this position till 1926. Uh, he was also a kind of consultant to the Marconi Wireless and Telegraph uh, Company for 26 years. And his most famous and probably most useful component the Fleming invented was the thermionic valve, also known as the vacuum diode. And he also developed the thermionic tube, the thermionic rectifier and the Fleming valve. Um, or actually these are similar names for the same sort of thing actually. And um, of course this led on to so many other uh, developments. But what people, and he, he won many awards from the Royal Society, uh, the Albert Medal, um, 
for the Royal Society of Arts in 1921, the Faraday Medal for the Institute of Electrical Engineers in 1928 and so forth. Um, but um, what people don't realise is that throughout his scientific career, Fleming devoted much time and energy to strongly oppose the theory of evolution. He wrote at least one major textbook against evolution and he was the founder and first president of the evolution protest movement. Um, and that um, was, uh, he wrote a book in 1934 um, and was um, on memories of a scientific life. And uh, this movement, the evolution protest movement, was formed in Britain by scientists who were concerned that evolution propaganda does not present facts impartially. It dwells upon those which favour the theory while suppressing those which oppose it. Such are not the methods of true but of false science. And... Um, I think this is interesting in that that really supports the, uh, the same thoughts that Werner von Braun had, that if we suppress the teaching of creation, we're not really being honest to science. This is uh, a major problem there. And also Fleming was acutely aware that the impact of the debate over evolution affected more than the scientific community. The widespread or the, and the growing acceptance of evolution by the general public had led to a significant shift in community attitudes on moral issues. Uh, in the foreword of his book, uh, The Origin of Mankind, viewed from the standpoint of revelation and research, um, that was his book, Fleming wrote, whatever may be the effect on the religious opinions of adults or scientific men of an adherence to this evolutionary theory of human origins, it is unquestionable that it is disastrous to the ethical development or spiritual life of the young or uneducated to lead them to believe that men are descended from monkeys or that the chimpanzee or the gorilla are man's nearest relatives. So here we see that great uh, scientist that wrote, wrote there. He also wrote this, there is abundant evidence that the Bible, though written by men, is not the product of the human mind, but countless multitudes it has always been revered. By countless multitudes it has always been revered as a communication to us from the creator of the universe. I think if we think of the of these great men, Sir Ambrose Fleming and Professor Werner von Braun, these men that changed and led to the major developments that we have today in communication, space travel and so forth. They were such strong creations and they saw the errors in teaching creation to our young people. I think this is a very strong message today that needs to get out there. And these men who believed in God and made God uh, and, and believed in the Bible, that the Bible was the communication from God to man, they were so successful and they saw the benefits that the Bible had for humankind. I think this is just so true today. There is so much need 
for us all to be reading the Bible and connecting ourselves with God. You've been listening to Faith and Science. Remember, these programs can be re-listened to by Googling 3ABN Australia, or one word, .org.au. I'm Dr John Ashton. Have a great day. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio. 